Hi, I'm Jeremy Wagner, proud to be the general manager of the new Nissan Lloydminster. The new Lloydminster Nissan will soon be moving into a new location, with construction on our new building underway right now. While our location is changing, you can still expect the same great service and professionalism from the new Lloydminster Nissan. We're proud to support the community through a one-of-a-kind live broadcast with Kurt Price that focuses on events, people, and issues that concern our community and area. We're proud to work with other businesses to promote local agriculture, our heavy oil industry, and entrepreneurs. We give back to the community through sponsorships like the Lloyd X Grill, the Nissan Hall, as well as the CPCA Finals and the North American Chuck Wagon Championship. Our employees are encouraged and excited to volunteer in the community. And of course, we're here with our fantastic lineup of new Nissan vehicles and our extensive new to you lineup, which is just as impressive. We're proud to be the new Lloydminster Nissan, and we look forward to seeing you here today and at our new location very soon. At the new Nissan Lloydminster, where we won't sell you a car, we'll help you buy one. This is Lloydminster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloydminster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloydminster Nissan. Hey, welcome into the Canadian Brew House on Taco Bell Tuesday, where tacos are on special. And, of course, we have Corona on special as well. And a great evening to come down and sit on the patio, where it's uh, not so hot. And uh, we it's a scorcher today, yeah. eh? Hey, wow. Hey, by the way, Lobster Fest here at the Canadian Brew House in the month of September. Go online for your tickets and the information. Yes, Lobster Fest coming up. And here at the Canadian Brew House tonight, once again, Taco Bell Tuesday. I invite you to come down and uh, try my favorite, which is the Donaire uh, tacos. Oh, it is good. It is good. And we want to remind you that back at the new Lloydminster Nissan, with August coming to an end, so is summer. And that means the summer fun wheel will be going away. So you have a couple of days to get in and spin the summer fun wheel for a chance to win barbecues, meat packages, all kinds of fun stuff. But that's going away at the end of the month here with summer. So get in today. We have a great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles for you to have a look at. Also want to thank BioClean Disaster Services. Uh, BioClean Disaster Services, they can help with water damage, wind damage, fire damage, mold or asbestos contamination, drug cleanup, and more. BioClean is committing to your property back to where it was before the disaster and keeping you up to date and informed as they go along. And one of their goals is giving back to the community, and I would say they've done that in a very big, big way. So if you're looking for help with a disaster, whether it's fire, flood, or wind, or whatever it is, you can call the master of disaster, Jody and Sharon <laughs> Herbis, very local, very involved in the community at 1-833-246-8326. They're going to take care of your property. They're going to take care of your possessions. They're going to take care of your family. Jody's wrestling name, by the way? 246-8326, the master of disaster. Yeah, the master, that is a great wrestling name. Thank you. I would just be called Bucky. And so, like, Bucky's not really... Yeah, the master of disaster would look good on your office door, actually, well, well, yeah. if you've seen your office. <laughs> so we may have to call Jody Herbis when we move out of that building just to clean your office. Yeah, who's going to pick up the cheesies in the ground? <laughs> so coming up today on the show, we have got Morley Scott coming up, the voice of the Edmonton yeah. Elks on 630 Chad. The streak is over. Buck, did you watch a game? You know what I did? You know, it, 
Okay, watching the Elks this season has been like driving by a car accident. And, and you, you can't stop by rubberneck. Oh, oh, that looks horrible. And, and that, that was the Elks. And then all of a sudden, they win one on the road. They come home. And it's like... Where's the parade? Are they going down Jasper after they won on Sunday? Because like they celebrated, and they know rightly so. Uh, ever since they changed their name and they got criticized for that, they have never won a home game. And there was jokes going out there that the Heritage Classic, the Oilers are going to play on there, that the Oilers will win more games this year at Commonwealth than the Elks. Well, they're not going to now. They might have had he finally not decided to play Trey Ford. Yeah. Had it finally not come around. But let me ask you this. As a Ryder fan, were you enjoying watching the Elks and their fans suffer? Especially a Ryder's fan who sat through the 70s and 80s when the Eskimos at the time kicked the shit out of everybody in the league, including the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, if you're a Riders fan, now you don't get it. Like, you think, we hate the Stamps, we hate maybe BC, we really hate Winnipeg. And really, you should hate Winnipeg. But... Back in the day, everybody hated the Eskimos. Evil Empire. I I sat in the Riders' rookie section, and remember Larry Highball? Well, we were all over Larry Highball one game. He turned around and gave double salutes to the entire rookie section, and I still remember that today. Uh, And, yeah, so back in the day. So were you enjoying it when they sucked? They still might suck. We don't know. And that's the thing. How good are the Riders? And and they're going to get a test here in the next two weeks. So Sunday they host Winnipeg, Labor Day Classic. It's going to be packed. They still don't know if this quarterback is legit for the Riders. We know how good Winnipeg can be. So all of a sudden, do they even give them a fight? Do they even win on Sunday? Maybe. And then they go to the Banjo Bowl the next week. So really, all of a sudden, you look at where the Elks are doing. The Elks could easily with how they're playing and how the Stampeders have not been looking that good. All of a sudden, the Elks could win the next two. That's four in a row. And their riders can lose their next two. And then then they play again. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, before Saskatchewan beat BC, I was losing interest in the Rough Riders season. Yeah. Like, it felt like last year where they won some games off the top and then they didn't win another game. They teased you. But I was shocked the way they had... The way their effort was against BC, it wasn't just that they won. It was the effort. It was they out-hustled BC. They they out-hustled BC. They out-muscled BC. Yeah, and and, and they out-hit them. And and they they had the intensity that this team looked to have been missing over the last little while. And I think the tone was set in that game, and I I don't know the Ryder player that did it. Special teams play. (laughs) T.J. Brunstrom. Oh, my. He hit him so hard that if you know Regina, I think they heard that out in Glen Karen. <laughs> That's how hard he got hit. That's the loudest hit you ever heard in that ballpark. And he popped him. He got fined for it. I don't know why he got fined for it, because it looked like a clean hit. Yeah, it's it, football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so do they have a chance against Winnipeg? Not many people are picking them against oh. Winnipeg. You know, they played them pretty good, mm. minus a third, minus a fourth quarter yeah. at the beginning of the year. And it's not like Winnipeg has been Winnipeg this year. I mean, you saw Zach Caleras throw two interceptions last week. And the Alouettes, I think the only other points they managed was a field goal. And then Winnipeg just ran away in the second half. But there's some cracks there, and there's some some belief 
and there's always something special about the Labor Day Classic. Yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. can happen at the Labor Day Classic. I, I say if the Riders' defense comes to play and turns over the ball and gets the ball back to the offense, I think that they have a shot. The other thing that kind of determines how Super Mario, we've been waiting for Alfred to finally break one. He's looked pretty average the last few games. Maybe he likes that big stage. Maybe this is the time where he breaks maybe one, maybe two in a single game. So you never know. And uh, offensively, I like the way they're running the ball. I like the way the offensive line is finding holes for him and building up holes. They're finally running the ball like we said they should be. So maybe this is, if you're a Riders fan, yeah, you're very hopeful, you know. You look back in the days, and but the it years wouldn't be we surprising through. if they if they came out and shit the bed either. No, no, no. It no, wouldn't be surprising way. at all. They could come out with as much intensity as they came out with with BC, but it wouldn't surprise you if they came out and had nothing either. Yeah, no, it could very well happen. Yeah, but when we talked to Jordan Hoos at the beginning of the year, he said this team was going to surprise people, and I th- I've been thinking about that, yeah. like how much how bad they were. I was like, yeah, they're really surprising us. Yeah, you got like, like I, I've been wondering what, and then I, I can't remember what I was listening to, and they said, who's the Riders MVP this year? And Jorgen Hoos's name came up because he was the only guy that had been consistent. So, not Hoos is a good friend, but like. He's a long snapper. Yeah. Like, how many long snappers in professional football that people even know their name? Like, you know, you can be the long snapper for the Dallas Cowboys. The chances are nobody has a clue who you are. Sorry, Hoos. But, like, honestly, they don't. And, and to win an MVP, wow. So locally, we're going to talk about the Aztec Safety Challenge, which is coming up in January. It runs January 10th to 14th here in Lloydminster, and it's going to bring some of the world's best curlers to Lloydminster. We're going to talk to Mark Kennedy and Caitlin Mulligan about the Aztec Safety Challenge, and there are some huge names. Nicholas Adine coming to Lloydminster. Brad Gushu coming to Lloydminster. Mr. Canada. We're going to talk about the Wayside and Curling Classic. And of course, Team Botcher. When I came here in 89, that was the big event. That was the that was the first event I covered when I arrived here in 89. And and Jeff Stoughton was there. Kevin Martin was there. I think Pat Ryan was there. And Brad Height, you know, and it, it was fantastic curling. Uh, we had a late night show on CKSA TV at that time. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be a... I'm a, a, a bit of a curling junkie. I, I don't watch it as much as... You know, there's so many different aspects of curling and how it's changed over the years. All you look forward to when you're a curling fan back in the day was oh, the last Briar. Oh, that's the Briar. Mark. You know, yeah. you had the Briar and that was it. You know, that's all you look forward to. But now there's so many different curling options, which is great because the sport's growing. So it's great to see you have some of the best names and the biggest names in the sport coming. And they're hoping to make this an annual event. Yeah. Could it be that by 2025, this event is in the new arena? Oh, yeah. They that, broke huh? ground today on the... Synovus Energy Hub. And I was there and it was hot. Like and the city did it upright because they had water and hats for everybody. Oh well, which yeah. was which was very good. And they had center ice where center ice is going to be. Oh cool. And they took some pictures right around center ice and they plan on having the same people there when they have the grand opening in twenty twenty five. But it is on the way now. So yeah. you know, we know there's a, a big reason we don't see the curlers in the Grand Slam. Uh, come to Lloyd Minster, could this change and could we see potentially the Scotties, potentially even a Briar? Well, could this bring? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, 
to me, I look at it and anything's possible. Yeah. It's way more likely now oh, than yeah, it you, was. You never had it. You would not, not yeah. be in the discussion with the old Civic, you know. Uh, the low roof, is, honestly, that's the reason why. Uh, and it comes down to television cameras, comes down to lighting, and because the roof is so low, the Civic Center, they can't put those lights up any higher. They can't put the cameras up any higher. All of a sudden, you have a, a large arena, and all of a sudden, it opens the door. And that's why North, people are always asking, well, why does North Balfour have the Pinties and Lloyd only had it for one and done. North Balfour has had it for year after year, and that's because of how the arena is built in North Balfour different than Lloyd. And we're going to talk to Wade Redden. You talked to Wade Redden. Yeah, Reds. Yeah, I wasn't around. You talked to Reds, yeah. uh, the newest member of the Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's pretty cool, thing. isn't it? Yeah, they, he was inducted in a ceremony up in Meadow Lake along with Ronnie Greshner, Jeff Fries, and of course uh, Regina Pat Standout, drafted very high. Uh, the Meadow Lake took a cup away from Rip Wade. Yeah. And then the other look at it that way. And then Dwight and DJ King, which is fa fantastic. Yeah, right? King so, family. Yeah, King family. Yeah. Okay, but let's go back to the Edmonton Elks where we started, and let's check in with Morley Scott. Spin to win this summer at the new Lloyd Mister Nissan. Check out our outstanding summer lineup of new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And with more and more new vehicles arriving, the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan is adding more choice to our already sensational selection. Choose your new ride and spin the summer sun wheel to win great prizes like barbecues, meat packages for the grill, golf passes, and more. Let the summer fun begin with your new ride from the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. We won't sell you a car. We'll help you buy one. Morley Scott is our guest. He is the voice of the Edmonton Elks on 630 Ched and the Elks Radio Network. And it is fantastic to have uh, Morley joining us again. And uh, Morley, let's get right into it. What was the atmosphere like in Commonwealth Stadium on Sunday night when that streak, that losing streak finally ended for the Edmonton Elks? Yeah, it was pretty special. I mean, uh, the fans have waited a long, long time for it. Uh, most of them stuck it out to the end. Although I, there was people leaving halfway through the fourth quarter, and I'm thinking it's been almost four years since you saw a win at home, and you're leaving so you can get a good seat on the LRT. But uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, the crowd was the crowd was great. Uh, the players and the coaching staff talked about it post game, just saying how much of an impact they had, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, they had a lot of uh, uh, bottled up frustration that they were letting out over the last 22 home games, of course, which were all losses. So yeah, they had a good time. And normally the Elks uh, let uh, fans, kids mostly onto the field after the game. And uh, they usually give about 15 minutes to run around a little bit. But uh, on the game Sunday night, I think they let everybody out on the field and they let them hang out there for probably about a half an hour longer than normal. Some of the players came out of the dressing room and started mingling with some fans and signing some autographs. It was a pretty cool scene. Everybody was pretty happy that this whole thing is behind them now. Two wins now, two wins in a row. Uh, and now you're actually... For some people, going into that game Monday in Calgary, the Elks are actually could be the favorites. They could be, yeah. I mean, the Elks have won two in a row. Calgary's lost three in a row. They're uh, they're three and eight. Edmonton's two and nine. Uh, we're used to these games, you know, a few years ago being important games at the top of the standings, but now it's an important game at the bottom of the standings for the playoff race in, in the West and the crossover. So, yeah, it's a big game. Elks might be favored. They might give it to the Stamps just because they're on, they're on home field. But uh, it, either way, it looks like two evenly matched games going into uh, teams going into the game. And records don't usually count on Labor Day anyway, right? It's all about the it's all about the the atmosphere and the hoopla, and uh, it doesn't matter if one team's nine and zero and the other team's zero and nine. Labor Day is always tough to win. 
Yeah, when they put Trey Ford in, and that's kind of how everything, it seemed to turn things around. You travel with the team, you're with the team a lot. Do you, do you kind of have a different feeling with that football club when Trey Ford became their quarterback? Yeah, totally. Uh, the offense changed. I think um, I think the players got a spark from Trey Ford and his ability to, to run with the football, to keep plays alive, to, to spin away from potential sacks and just make plays. Uh, he's been terrific. Uh, the numbers are really good. I mean, he hasn't thrown for a ton of yards. Uh, he did on Sunday with 317, but he hasn't thrown for a lot of yards. Uh, I think the other two games he was, it was like 178 and 184 or something like that. Uh, but he's efficient. Um, I mean, he's at uh, about, I think he's at about 77% uh, completion rate, which if he qualified and had enough, uh, enough uh, passes, he'd lead the league in that department. So the best is around 70% right now, uh, but he'd lead the league in that department. So he's, he's done a lot of good things. Um, he's thrown four touchdown passes, ran for two. Uh, he's got uh, the yardage way up on first down, more first uh, more second down uh, conversions everything's going pretty well for Trey Ford right now uh, for the Elks defense or offense sorry they say one player can't make a football team what else has gone right for the Edmonton Elks in these two wins Morley what who have you seen rise up what what is there been any other big changes that you've seen that have really made a huge difference uh, Gina Lewis back in the lineup is a big difference, and we saw that, uh, you know, classic Gina Lewis play for the touchdown on Sunday, 66-yarder. He went up and got the ball, and then he just threw the defensive back to the ground and uh, took off for the end zone. The defense is playing pretty well, and I think it's because they're getting more rest. They're not on the field as often, and so they're a little bit fresher, especially in the second half of play. And that's another thing, too, that, that should be addressed is how well – they played in the third quarter. They've had uh, they've had issues in the second half, but especially in the third quarter, dramatically outscored in the third quarter of football games this year. Um, and uh, they came up and they scored a touchdown two minutes into the third quarter on Sunday, and uh, really, um, you know, took control of the game at that point. So the, the, a lot of things are going well. A lot of everybody's playing. It seems pretty well right now. Uh, if they can if they can keep it up, they got an opportunity to, uh, to make some noise and make it interesting the rest of the way. Where do you think this team is had they gone to Trey Ford earlier? Or is that even a fair question? Uh, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, I wanted to see Trey Ford earlier. I think everybody wanted to see Trey Ford earlier. You know, when, when you're 0-9 and the quarterback's struggling, everybody wants to see the backup, right? Um, I, I, I think it's it's a combination of, uh, of Chris Jones wanting to make sure he's ready. Uh, the, the change at OC, I think, also played a role in, in uh, Trey Ford becoming uh, the full-time starter as well. Uh, I, I, I don't mind them waiting this long. Uh, they've invested, they invested a lot of money in Taylor Cornelius, and I think they wanted to make sure they gave him uh, as many opportunities as they could to become the guy. Uh, he couldn't he couldn't get that role. So uh, he's done a terrific job as the third string and the short yardage guy. I mean, a really good job. He's uh, I think he's nine for nine in uh, in short yardage situations. He threw that 45 yard pass in Hamilton on a on a fake sneak uh, to AC Leonard that uh, set up a touchdown that he scored. He's got a couple of touchdowns. So he's I don't know if he's embraced, but he's accepted his role. Uh, with the team, and he's done it very well, and and I think that's that's a big part of it too. A lot of things going right right now for the Edmonton Elks. Now, is there anything said about you said about Trey Ford taking her time to finally getting him to the lineup? Um, now, is there anything said that he's not a U.S. player? He's not comes from a big school. Jones, he's an American coach, loves those big time uh, programs down in the states, and he, he's a Canadian kid from a small program that now is getting his chance. 
Yeah, a lot of people are saying that that, that Chris Jones. That's one of the reasons he was waiting. Well, all what you just stated, but I don't. I don't believe that. Uh, Chris Jones is a football coach who wants to win games, and he's putting the best players that he thinks can win those games into that situation. I mean, he don't forget he went out and traded and got an extra pick. He traded the the, the first overall draft pick uh, a couple of years ago so that he could manipulate the draft so that he could get Trey Ford. He wanted Trey Ford. He was very impressed with Trey Ford and really wanted to get a hold of him. So uh, I don't think that's that's the issue at all. I think in my mind he wanted to make sure the situation was right and the state wasn't too big for Trey Ford he got him going and, and he worked uh, he did some great work in practice for uh, probably about the month leading up to his first start he was out late doing drills by himself he was throwing to targets he was he was doing a lot of work to get ready to make his debut so um, yeah it, he, he's ready and Chris Jones I think it deserves maybe some some criticism for not starting him sooner but also some praise for waiting and being patient with him and letting the situation come to him if you look at the Elks, two wins in the season and going to Calgary, back-to-back -back with the Stampeders, have a chance here, who knows, maybe have four wins in a row. And if you look at the West, it's it's plum picking right now because Winnipeg's not really running away with things. BC has been hot and cold lately, and who knows in Saskatchewan. So there's an opportunity for the Elks to make up some ground. Absolutely, and, and you look over to the east, and, and there's a potential for the crossover as well. Uh, if they're going to cross over to the east, and that's the first target I'm, I'm sure they're looking at, uh, they got to pass three teams, Hamilton, Ottawa, and Calgary. Well, they beat Hamilton two weeks ago. They beat Ottawa last week, and they got Calgary in the next two games. So the schedule maker uh, has set it up for the Elks to be successful. And if you can get on a roll, maybe win four in a row, like you mentioned, then you got Saskatchewan next, who right now has five wins, and their next two games are against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So at best, they get one win maybe, right? Uh, so uh, we'll see. Maybe – in a couple of weeks, the Elks could be uh, playing for an opportunity to get themselves into the race for third place in the West. But uh, they've done a good job of focusing and, and, and keeping their eyes trained on uh, first Hamilton, then Ottawa, and now the Calgary Stampeders as they go into this two-game Labor Day set. I'm curious whether you figured out the CFL yet because the Edmonton Elks go in and beat Hamilton and then Hamilton goes in and beats a team that shut out the Edmonton Elks twice. I mean, is this a league that anybody can't, is it, is it really that much up for grabs right now? And what do you make of this year's CFL, Morley? It's, it's been wild. The games have been so entertaining. I've really enjoyed a lot of the games. It's been fun to watch. TV ratings are up, which is great. Uh, I think a lot of people are enjoying what's going on in the Canadian Football League right now. And, and it's really to the point where any team can win on any night, it seems. I mean, e even the Elks, you know, three weeks ago could have beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I mean, they're up 22 nothing in the first half at one point, weren't able to hang on to it, let it slip away. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's been – you can't really compare one game to the other because everything's different every week, it seems. So uh, it's going to be a good good finish uh, down the stretch, and it's going to be neat to see uh, who comes up with, uh, with the positioning and the playoff spots and home field advantage. The only team to me right now that – is uh, is pretty safe in where they are. Our teams, I guess, are are the Toronto Argonauts who are kind of walking away with things in the East, and they've got games in hand on everybody because they've already had their three bye weeks. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to me, to me especially the last couple of weeks, I think they really proved just how good they are uh, playing. Um, uh, you know, that game in Edmonton, they got down 22 nothing. Zach Kolaris gets hurt, gets hurt. They still are able to chip away at that score, come back and win that football game. Uh, then they miss, a, they miss a game with Kolaris and, and win that one. And then he comes back and looks real rusty, throws three interceptions, two of them for touchdowns in the first half. 
and they're still able to come back and win that football game. So to me, over the last three to four weeks, Winnipeg's really shown me just how good they are. And I think they're them and Toronto are the two teams that, that can be safe right now. I think they're going to finish in first place. Uh, but everybody, everything else is is up for grabs. I mean, in the East, you know, Montreal took a loss. If Hamilton or Ottawa get going, they can challenge them for second. And like we said, when BC's lost two in a row now in the West, so who knows how far they're going to fall and what they're going to be like. So it's it's going to be fun to watch the rest of the season. And speaking of a fun one, um, Alberta, the Battle of Alberta is always fun. But uh, bigger crowd, you expect a much bigger crowd now that the Elks have a little bit of a they, – they stopped the streak. They have a two-game winning streak. Even if they don't win in Calgary, bigger crowd for that rematch? There should be. Uh, although there's a lot of people that are going to have to pay for their tickets now coming up uh, this week after the uh, after the Elks promo. I don't, I don't know how many people that was. It wasn't a lot of people because it was just a, a certain section of tickets. But yeah. um, I know the Elks are glad that's over with too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would think there'd be a big crowd. There's quite a buzz in the city right now. People are pretty excited about this football team and, and, and the possibilities. Everybody knows they're 2-9 and nine and they're a long way back and they got a lot of work to do still. But there's hope now, right? There's a spark there. and people. Uh, the atmosphere was great at the game on Sunday. People were having fun and really enjoying themselves. So I, I think especially if they win in Calgary on Labor Day, which they – They've only done twice in my time, but going back to 2010, um, if they can win that game, I think it'll be a real big and boisterous crowd the following Saturday at Commonwealth. It should be bigger no matter what happens uh, on Labor Day. But, uh, but yeah, if they win, man, I think it'll be a great atmosphere that Saturday. Chris, well, Jones, is, Chris Jones is known for bringing in a lot of players. And i got to ask you this because the NFL cuts are coming down. Last night, they're coming down again today. They're going to come down this week. We One of the guys cut and let go, but you got to think he's going to be staying around the NFL his last year's CFL MVP. Uh, do you see Jones looking at some of those NFL cuts? And, and as much as you've got a few wins together and you see me moving in the right direction, you don't want to change the chemistry too much. But if you can add something pretty good, you're probably going to do it. If you're adding something now, and 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 because the CFL season over the last few years has been moved up a little bit, uh, there's not a lot of time left in the season for a guy to, to get here get acclimated, learn the playbook, and really make an impact, unless he's a guy coming back to your team from the NFL, like a Nathan Rourke, who you mentioned, or, or Dakota Shepley or somebody like that. I think the guys they bring in now will go on the practice roster They'll get uh, or get signed to contracts that bring them back next year, and teams will get a chance to look at guys and, and, and bring them in for next season. There'll be very few guys who come back and make an impact. It's been a long time since a guy has come back from the NFL and really made an impact, I think, on – on the rest of the season, uh, you know, from an Edmonton perspective, the last time it happened would have been uh, 2015 um, when uh, when they had uh, some guys come back and and really play uh, a, a key role. It was uh, Matt O'Donnell who returned from the Cincinnati Bengals, and he uh, he was back in town, didn't play in the Labor Day game, played in the rematch, and that was the first ten straight wins on the way to the Grey Cup. So it went pretty well for him that year. But I don't I don't see a lot of guys coming in on 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 some teams. It might work, but on other teams, it won't. I think it's more looking ahead to the future. Well, Morley, it's great to have the uh, Labor Day game mean something now, and uh, we look forward to uh, to hearing your call. I uh, appreciate it, guys. Uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, as I said earlier, uh, you know, fans were down, you know, players were down, still confident, but, uh, man, they're – there, there, there's a spark in the city now, and everybody's excited. They, they, they don't think they don't know for sure if a playoff spot's going to come and what the rest of the season's going to be like, but it's going to be fun to watch it at least. Nice to have it mean something, that's for sure. Thanks, Marley. Absolutely. You bet, guys. Thanks, Marley. Anytime. 
Thank you so much to Morley Scott, and uh, it would be nice to see some fans in the stands for the Battle of Alberta when the rematch returns to Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, we've got our food. It is Taco Bell Tuesday. Get out of here. He's always picking at everybody else's food. And he never finishes his own. Yes, I got Denaro Tacos. $3.49 each here on Taco Bell Tuesday. And, of course, Corona's on special as well. We're going to talk curling with Caitlin Mulligan and Mark Kennedy when we come back at the Canadian Brew House. It's more than just taxes at LNACPA. Assurance, accounting, retirement planning, estate planning, business consulting, financial consulting, farm program support, and bookkeeping. But yes, there is always taxes. The team at LNACPA is committed to helping you achieve your best results and will be there to assist you every step of the way. LNACPA, with offices in Provost, Vermilion, and Lloydminster. It's great to have Caitlin Mulligan joining us. She is the event chair for the Aztec Safety Challenge, which is coming up in January, beginning officially on January 11th, but they have some fun stuff planned for January the 10th as well. Just before we bring in uh, Caitlin, I want to remind you that Superior Water specializes in nothing but water, and with over 22 years in the business, they're proud and confident that their water and their service is superior. For iron filters, for water softeners, for reverse osmosis, distillers, chlorine removal, and H2S odor removal, give Superior Water a call. 780-875-6636 or visit them at 57th Avenue right beside Sheepskin Loft and stay hydrated with pure, clean water. I drink superior water because I like the taste and I believe it is superior. So, Caitlin, thanks for giving us some time and thanks for setting up Mark yeah. Kennedy, who's coming up here uh, shortly. Uh, let's get into Aztec Safety's relationship with Team Botcher. How did this start? And it, this is, is this the second year? Yes. Or so this is our second year. Um, we actually slid into their DMs, as people like to say. Uh, we had gone to the event in Olds with a thought of potentially sponsoring a team. We weren't sure if it was in our wheelhouse. We knew we wanted to grow our brand nationally. Uh, we have people who teach our courses out in Nova Scotia. So we kind of gravitated towards Team Botcher. You know, they're four of the best. You can't get any better than Ben, Mark, Brett, and Brendan. Yep. So we met with them, I slid into their DMs and we met on Instagram and we had a couple Zoom calls and it was just a natural fit amongst Aztec Safety and Team Botcher. We aligned very closely and everything. How did the Aztec Safety Challenge come about? So it's actually part of our agreement with them. Uh, it was in the agreement they wanted to bring a World Curling Tour event back to Lloydminster. Jeff and I saw it and we went, Maybe it's something we can do. I obviously have a passion in sports marketing. So they, the boys were fully supportive. We knew that the community would be supportive. So Jeff and I kind of took it on and, and we got involved with the Lightminster Curling Club and they're very excited about the event. Was there, did you have to go this big? I mean, it's huge. 24 teams coming in with some of the best curlers in the world. Nicholas Adine is going to be here. Brad Gushu is going to be here. Brendan Botcher, of course, yeah. who's also one of the, uh, uh, Kevin Cooey is coming yep. as well. Like the list goes on and on and on. So did the boys say it has to be this big or did you guys say, you know what, we're going to make it this big? Well, I think with Lloyd Minster, it's a world-class event hosting city. Uh, this is a chance to see the best on best of any sport. We've never had the best on best. 
and we're gonna have the best on best here in Lloydminster. Once we put up the $100,000 purse, and obviously Brendan and Mark and Ben and their connections, the top eight team said absolutely will support you. Gushu was our one that we weren't sure, but when he committed, obviously we wanted to make that announcement and to have, you know, we're torn ass from Italy, who's hosting the Olympics. Uh, it's just a world-class event, and as you know, when we host Hockey Day, we went bigger and bigger. Yeah, if you go to, actually, you get Gushu, does that kind of open the door for other guys see, Brad's going, I'm going to go. Does that kind of bring out other guys? Yeah, we always had a commitment from Mallet, Adin. They were always fully yep. committed to coming to this event. Gushu wasn't sure because it wasn't on TV TV. It's going to be streamed through Curling Live, the Players Tour. Uh, but when we put up the money, Gushu said, no, we want to get equated with the time because they're going to be in Red Deer the next week. And he wanted to come to Lloydminster. So I believe this will be his first time in Lloydminster. Okay, the other neat thing, the legends, yes. which is going to be fun for all you old <laughs> curling fans out there to see some of the big names of curling from the past. And some of those big names of curling from the legends probably have a history here through the Wayside and Curling Classic. Yeah, so on, on the first night on January 10th, we're going to have a memorable kickoff event. We're hoping to have a Legends game, only about three to four ends. We're not going to make them play eight ends. We joked maybe a mixed doubles game, but we didn't think they wanted to sweep their own rocks. So instead, we're just going to do it about a four end Legends game with Ben Heber more than likely roasting them a bit. Yeah. And then after that, we're actually going to do the best six shots ever. So we're probably going to include that Nicholas Adin spinner that was at the World Championships. We're hoping to do a pros versus Joes and Jills type where public can come, put $5 in, that money is going to go back towards Junior Curling, and they're going to try out the best six shots in curling. So that's going to be a memorable event at obviously our Junior Curling Clinic is also that night as well. So January 10th is going to be extremely busy for us. The junior curling session, is that something you guys wanted to do or is this something Team Botcher said, hey, can we incorporate this? So part of our partnership, they wanted to do an event back in Lloydminster with junior curling. We said, how about a junior development session? Obviously, Mark Kennedy is very invested. I actually went to St. Albert and helped him this last year in his event. So last year we opened it up about the end of September. It was full by the second week of October. We had 100 kids last year from all across the region. It wasn't just Lloydminster. We had some Provost, Malague, North Battleford, uh, Bonneville, all of our locations that we serve too. Uh, they got to spend an evening with the best of the best. We had a hot stove. So it was something that we I wanted to get back to the community after the wonderful two and a half years we've had. When do tickets, when people want more information, where can they find that more information? And when do tickets kind of go on sale or package? So we're just finalizing the sponsorship. So if anybody is interested in sponsorship, we can get you in the ice till about August 31st. After that, you have to bug Brian to take the ice out and put it back in. So about August 31st is the end of our sponsorship. And then our committee focus will then turn to ticketing. I've had people reach out from Red Deer. I've had people reach out from Regina, BC, all wanting tickets to this event. So we do think it will sell out quickly. Uh, tickets will probably go on sale middle of October. We think it'll be a great Christmas gift idea. We are going to have some souvenirs we're going to announce as well. So you can package it up as a little Christmas gift for everybody. How many tickets will there be? I, I assume it's at the Lloyd Curling Center. Yeah, so it is being held at the Lloydminster Curling Club for the first two years. And then we do hope to move to the new Synovus Energy Hub. Oh, fantastic. Uh, with a hope to host a Pinty's periodically. Oh, wow. 
So this is kind of our audition yeah, to yeah. get to be a host. I think this year will be our audition, and then after that, we're hoping to host it every single year. This isn't just a one and done. This will be something we host continuously. Uh, the first two years absolutely will be at Lloydminster Curling Club. We're thinking about 450 to 500 potentially. We also have a VIP lounge, which is the MNP yeah. VIP lounge. And what's the format and what's the dates again in January? So it's January 10th to the 14th. It is a 2014 triple knockout with all the championship play being played on the 14th. We'll have a second family-friendly venue at the Lloydminster Exhibition, which will be free to all families to come in, play a little bit of street curling, do some other activities. Uh, amongst the thing, we're also going to have a curling hooky day, which will be the Musgrave agencies are hosting that. We are working with the two school divisions to bring the kids in to get to watch some curling. So you're mentioning some sponsors here. Yes. How much sponsorship is left? Uh, we still have quite a few different ones. Obviously, our big one is presented by Wild Rose Pump and Compression, Utility Safety Partners, Industrial Scientific has came on board, Fountain Tire. Bar Engineering, uh, we have MNP, Musgrave Agencies, Cooperators. So there is still some positions open if they have anything they want to reach out to Caitlin at Aztec, Jeff at Aztec, or Dallin at Aztec. 780-875-0331 uh, and we can get you all the information. Is there anything we're forgetting, Caitlin, you want to make sure people know about? <laughs> Obviously this We've is... We've grilled you on this. <laughs> so. What we want to know, what we want the community to know is the Lloydminster Curling Club is going to get a considerable boost to this. The gate revenue, we want to grow grassroots curling. Obviously, we want to make curling cool again. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of this will go back to the Lloydminster Curling Club. And just to give something to look forward to, it'll be 10 years to the day of Hockey Day when we throw that first rock on January 10th. Thank you, Caitlin. Appreciate yes, it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So that's the sponsor side of things. We'll take a look at the player side of things after we come back here at the Canadian Brew House on the Tuesday Night Sports Show. At Jason Arden Associates Cooperators, we're proud to be a top-rated local insurance company that offers flexible solutions and expert advice for all your insurance and investment needs. We'll work with you to tailor your insurance specific to your needs, and we offer investment advice that always puts you first. At Cooperators, one of our core values is to support the communities we live in. When you support Jason Arden & Associates Cooperators, you are supporting local nonprofits and initiatives. Since 2020, we have donated 60000 to local nonprofits, youth sponsorships, and various special projects. When was the last time your insurance company did that? Welcome back to the Tuesday Night Sports Show. Our guest is Mark Kennedy, who is an Olympic champion, who is the second on Team Botcher. And uh, Mark, I could list, I could go on forever listing your accolades. Um, uh, TSN, they listed you as the, the best second of all time. And, uh, you know, who could debate that? Who could possibly debate that? But we're excited that uh, Team Botcher is coming to Lloydminster for the Aztec Safety Challenge. Um, this is uh, something that you guys had a hand in, in doing. So tell us how, you know, Aztec Safety is a sponsor of yours, but how does it go from a sponsorship to let's create the Aztec Safety Challenge? Yeah, good question. Thanks for having me on the show today, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, we uh, I know Kaylin from Aztec reached out to us um, right when we put this team together. And, you know, we started to discuss a partnership together, um, which was fantastic. I mean, they're wonderful people to work with and, and uh, pillars of the Lloydminster community. And one of the things we said is we miss 
We miss high-level curling in Lloydminster. We used to curl out there for the Wayside Classic for many years back in the day. And it's such a great curling community. And we thought, is there any opportunity to bring curling back there? And you know what? Uh, we kind of got the idea going. And and Jeff and Caitlin are, are big on uh, getting things going in the community. So to be honest, they just kind of ran with it. And, and they've, uh, you know, started to turn it into what's already going to be one of the best events on tour. Um you know, and we're here to kind of help guide them along with a few decisions and kind of consultants for the event. But really, it's their baby and they run with it. And, you know, not only have they been great partners of Team Botcher, but um, they're going to be putting on a, a world-class event. And we're just going to be ecstatic to be a part of it in uh, any way that we can. You know, good that you brought up the Wayside and Curling Classic. That's That goes back to the early 90s. Uh, maybe your memories of coming to Lloyd Minster and the different rinks you played for when you came to Lloyd. Hey, curling, I mean, small town Alberta curling is is the reason that we play. You know, we all grew up in small towns and, and um, you know, any chance we have to bring the top best curlers in the world to a community like Lloyd Minster, then, then we do what we can to make that work. And that, that event back in the day, Wayside, was an unbelievable event. It's, but you know what? Sometimes they run their course. You know, they're, they're, they're at a place for five or six years and it's time for a change. So the, the opportunity to bring it back to Lloyd Minster is super exciting. Uh, we have had some Grand Slam events there in the past, but to bring an event where, you know, the, the kids can come out and see the best curlers in the world and, and we can get some top quality ice and we can get some eyes on the Lloyd Minster Curling Club. Uh, I think it's going to be great for the community and it's going to become a place where curlers are going to want to go every year. This is an event that also features uh, some youth activity, and that's something, Mark, you take very, very seriously. Uh, tell us about this youth session and, and why you put so much of your time into giving back to the youth in, the, in curling. Well, the youth are, are the future of our sport, and we all know it's getting more competitive out there with getting young people into different sports, and, and curling has had to get creative on how to attract young people into the game. Um, so not only are we going to be putting on a world-class event, but we are going to be running a, a junior clinic out in Lloydminster. This will be the second year for it. And uh, the entire team botcher will be out there just teaching a clinic and getting young people introduced to the game. Um, and then giving them the opportunity to be there to watch the best curlers in the world. And that's how I got hooked. That's how Ben Hebert got hooked and Brendan Botcher. You know, we grew up with, uh, I grew up with the Randy Furbies and Kevin Martins and, and they were always accessible to me. I could go to the Otwell Curling Club and run into Kevin Martin and, and have a coffee with him when I was 17 years old. So there's not many sports where you have that opportunity. So uh, to give the kids the opportunity to hang with us for a little while and pick our brains and have a laugh with us is uh uh, I think it's really important to get those young people attracted to the game. And this is a great way to do it. Go back to a young Mark Kennedy. How surreal would that be when you came up as a junior curler and you're either yeah. curling with Kevin or playing against him and playing yeah. against Randy and you're on that same ice with them competing? That, that had to be pretty surreal for you at that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were special moments. And, and like I said, the fact that they were so accessible to us is the crazy part. You know, you I grew up with... Uh, I grew up with Scott Pfeiffer at the St. Albert Curling Club. And, you know, when Scott started to have his success with the fur before, you know, I could go and talk to Scott and pick his brain or, or go practice with him. Like I'm, I am who I am on the curling ice because of the people that, that, that I was around growing up, the Kevin Martins, Randy Furby, Scott Pfeiffer. So, um, you know, we have to make sure that we make ourselves accessible to the young curlers in the same way. And uh, so when those opportunities come up, like what we're going to do with, with uh, Lloyd Minster, thanks to Aztec is, um, is something that we take very seriously. And 
you know, on top of that, I've got my um, my junior spiel, which is going into its sixth year next year, the Mark Kennedy Junior Classic, and it's become one of the biggest bond spiels in Western Canada for young curlers. And yeah, we just got to give them opportunities to play on good ice and to fall in love with the game the same way that I did. And, you know, that's the future of our sport. As far as the Aztec Safety Challenge goes, how much input would you guys have, Mark, in the format? Is uh, is that something that you guys uh, would... would would lean they would lean on you for yeah yeah well you know what again credit to caitlin and jeff because they've I mean, they obviously know how to put on a great event and they're taking care of all the event stuff uh but they have reached out to us in regards to how do we make a good curling bond spiel so the format you know 24 teams triple knockout uh, and two really important things make sure that the ice is great so we are bringing in a world-class ice maker for the event in john wall uh and make the purse make the purse and the money uh, you know, something attractive where you will get the best teams in the world. And the third thing is pick a good date. Because if, if teams are coming to Lloyd Minster and they got to fly to Edmonton and drive to Lloyd, um, then put it on a weekend that's accessible to everybody. And and we've done that by putting it the week before a big Grand Slam event in Red Deer. So a lot of the teams are coming out to Alberta anyway. So this will be a great warm up for them leading into the Grand Slam. So we did have some input on how to make a great event. Um, and, uh, you know, Jeff and Caitlin have kind of taken those ideas and run with them and it's going to be. Oh, we've, we've lost your microphone, Mark. There we go. There you go. I think we got, got it back now. I think we got it back. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about, uh, team botcher. Tell us about, uh, the camaraderie that you have with team botcher and, <sighs> Like every name on the team is recognizable. People won't have a problem recognizing the names on the team. Everybody has had success in, uh, in curling and just talk about your teammates. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's going to be a great team. We had a great first year together, you know, lots of a big learning curve with four guys coming from four different teams and different philosophies, but you know, they are great guys. We've got a good chemistry um, we're friends already, which makes a big difference when you're on tour every week with these guys, you, you need to get along, which we do. Um, yeah, they're, they're easy guys to play with. I, I still consider myself very lucky to have these guys as, as teammates. So, you know, we're coming off a big win at the champions cup in May and, uh, in Regina, and we're looking forward to building off of that momentum and, and having a great second season together. Um, but you know, our, our big focus here is to try to be team Canada at the Olympics in 2026. So we're still on a learning curve and we're still, just trying to get better every week and and trying to peak in a couple of years. Um, but, you know, I got, I got a feeling that this is going to be a pretty good season for us. And, um, yeah, and and part of that's going to be the uh, the Aztec Classic in uh, Lloyd Minster. It's going to be a big part of our schedule this year. I, I don't want to date me, but I, I go back to when these super rinks started going together. And it was a big thing that Pat Ryan is in Kelowna and he's in BC and he's gathering. Now that is something that happens every year now. Uh, maybe get your take on it because you see player curlers moving from rink to rink to rink, from yeah. province to province to province. Uh, maybe your take on how those super rinks have come together and now curling is ultra competitive among so many different great rinks. Yeah, the, the elite level of the game has really stepped up in the last 10 or 15 years. And, you know, you're really looking for the cream of the crop when it comes to teammates and players. And as the game gets better, that pool of elite players gets smaller. And, you know, sometimes you have to move to different provinces in order to get a lot of these players together. But, you know, one of our... We've all played on teams that are 
on in different provinces and different players and that whole travel and practice aspect can get quite difficult. So we always felt one of our competitive competitive advantages here with Team Botcher is that all four of us are in the same province. So the ability for the four of us to get together and practice in Calgary or Edmonton or even Red Deer and um, kind of work on those little fine details and those intangibles uh, is a, has been a really important part of our team. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting the direction curling's going and, you know, that uh, it just keeps somehow getting better and better. And, and the young players coming up, you're starting to see them do the same thing. They're, they're looking for the best players around the country to team up with. And um, it's going to be another really interesting decade to see where curling goes uh, and uh, how professional it gets. Now, you talked about building the game here in our country, but also Canada kind of takes it on its own shoulders to, to build the game globally uh, yeah. to a point where there's a lot of great curlers now coaching teams in other countries that are actually now beating Canada. And so yeah. it kind of goes two folds. But maybe get your take on how really Canada owns this sport and we're pushing it out globally. How much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. That's that's been a big uh, discussion amongst curling for a long time. We, we were the best in the world for a long time. We felt the responsibility to grow the game around the world, and we did. Um, and now the world beats us, and we're kind of trying to bring our focus back to how do we make Canada better. And that started with uh, the hiring of Dave Murdoch from Scotland as our high performance director. And we actually just finished up our first couple of days working with Dave um, and, and kind of you know, working on those little details of how do we now beat those teams in the world, the Bruce Mowitz, the Nicholas Adines, um, and how do we get all of our provinces on board to teach curling the same way? And, you know, so we've kind of created our own problem, but in a way it allows us, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Canadian curling to continue to get better, to bring in really smart people, uh, and to not get complacent and just keep trying to get on podiums. But it has become an incredibly competitive world when it comes to our sport, um, which in the big picture of things, guys, is a great thing. You know, you, you, didn't, you don't want to have a sport where one country dominates every single year. That gets a little bit boring. So we've got great competition now, and we've got a, a, a sport that's growing like crazy around the world, and we want to continue that. Yeah, we're, we're talking to you, you're sitting outside a parking lot of a curling rink and you're talking yeah. about getting ready for the winter ahead and getting ready for the season ahead. Now, the casual curling fans, I don't think they realize how much work goes in. They just kind of think you guys show up and you throw a few rocks and sweep a few times. But there's a lot of dry land. It's a physical game. People don't really, the Brad Heights of the day wouldn't make it right now. No, apologies to Brad. He's yeah, a good you don't friend. want to say that to Brad's face. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know where I'm coming from here. The, you know, the farmer from Carrobert that just picks up this uh, broom and starts sweeping. Uh, you can't really do that anymore. No, no. And that's just the professionalism of the sport. And I remember, I remember 20 years ago when I started curling with Kevin Martin, he used to say the future of curling is, is, is 20, is 12 months a year and, and fit, fitter and younger and, and real athletes playing the game. So that's what we see now. And, um, you know, we're on the ice. We've actually pushed it a little later this year and we were on the ice end of August. I know there's some teams out there that have already played two or three events. So, um, yeah, it's become a lot. It's a big commitment. It's, uh, it's pretty much a full-time job to compete at this level. And, um, I get a lot of people that come up to me and say, you know, you guys make it look so easy. But you can almost say that about any sport these days. You watch golf, you watch tennis, and those the guys at the top make it look so easy. But, yeah, you don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, we've been working hard, and um, 
you know, a lot of teams around the world, they, they, they want, they want that world title and they want those Olympic medals and they're willing to sacrifice a lot to do it. So you got to give up a lot to keep up with it. And, um, yeah, but at the same time, you still get to, uh, you still get to play a game, right? It's still a game at the end of the day. And so we're pretty lucky to do what we do. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we put in a lot of time, no question. Well, Mark, we've taken enough of your time here. We really appreciate you giving us some of it. And we look forward to seeing you in January at the Aztec Safety Challenge. Sounds great, guys. We're really looking forward to it. I know that you got Caitlin on this afternoon. She's going she's gonna to give you guys a great interview and going to sell that event really well. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys in January. Thanks for your time. How can you help support the oil and gas industry and jobs in Western Canada? The answer is closer than you think. Sell your scrap metals to PWM Steel. PWM sells scrap iron to Evraz, located in Regina. Evraz's number one customer is the energy sector, building pipes and plates for the oil and gas industry. PWM Steel is your locally owned metal recycler and steel service center in the area. Plus, they're a strong supporter of the community. PWM Steel, your top steel supplier for Alberta and Saskatchewan for 40 years. Welcome back inside the Canadian Brew House where it's Taco Bell Tuesday. I have gone through my uh, Donair tacos, $3.49 each. Corona on special as well. Buck's ready for the Lobster Fest. He started with some tuna tonight. Hey, I'm just glad uh, the legends, uh, as long as Brad Height doesn't show up, I'm <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, it, 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 I'm willing to bet Brad Height's in a heck of a lot better shape than you are. He probably is. And he might not be able to get off the couch, but he'd still be in better shape than you are. Okay, okay I'll share something with you. We used to do a late night show during the Wayside Curling Classic. And, and we had this lined up before earlier in the day with Brad. And I got to know Brad a little bit over the years. And great guy, great farmer from Corrobert. Said anything he wanted to say, really. And usually did. Uh, so he was done early. They were done after five ends or whatever. So his game was done about, I say, nine o'clock. He had to be on air with us at 11.30. Let's just say Brad couldn't drive over. He had to get somebody to drive him. <laughs> Brad was so... That's, that's Brad, what curling is. Brad, Brad he was a little full. <laughs> I remember him looking over because, oh, I don't boop through this whole thing. <laughs> How much do you miss doing those? Like, Because oh. I remember you guys used to, even when I was there, yeah. when the CPC finals were in town, yeah. you'd do a late night special too. And I remember one year you guys brought in Bales to, to do it. <laughs> they bring in Bales to host this and make the set look just great for the... I can't remember what you called yeah. it. I can't remember what you called it. Yeah, but, I forget what it is. Yeah, but the bales had mice in them and everything, and there was mice running in the studio for weeks. And so, so we're 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 in a commercial break at the end of the cast, and everybody knows Michael Higgins uh, working up in Edmonton now for CTV, and he's finishing up wrapping up, and all on the set by himself. I'm on the set. I think maybe Jamie or somebody, some driver's waiting for me at the side, and it's quiet in the studio, and all of a sudden you can hear. Across the studio floor, and Higgins looks over me. Bucky, what's that? I don't know, probably about a dozen mice. <laughs> How much did you love working with Michael Higgins? Oh, he was awesome. He was a classic guy. Classic he was. Guy. Yeah, he was um, first class. Still is a first yeah, class yeah, guy. And a tremendous news guy, too. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think that the Lloyd Minster's ever seen a news guy like him. Maybe we should do, like, one of those... Maybe we should do some kind of a show 
when Bring the, back the old Aztec ones. safety challenge is in town. Like, I'm really excited about these curlers yeah. coming. It's going to no, be it's awesome. Like, and, and Lloyd Minster does everything first class. And then here's another curling story for you. So back in the day when they had the Wayside in Curling Classic, they would have a social the night before. Is this the Randy Furby story? Well, no, this is a few stories. Um, okay. So they would have a social in one of those banquet rooms. And if everybody remembers the Wayside Inn and that yeah, one yeah. back banquet room, that's a banquet room now, there was a was bar with, with a pole. Okay? It was patch. That's where the old, as they say, the dancers went to. So I would have to go into that bar during the strippers and, and, and get these guys to come on camera. Jeff Stone was one, and I said, <laughs> and I said, Jeff, hey, do you got a moment for a time for a quick interview? And he goes, just wait, she's not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, the the good old days yeah, of broadcasting, yeah. eh? And, and another, you know, we're going to be joined at moments. We're waiting we're right now. Yeah. So. I can remember uh, Wade as just a young kid, and, and the funny thing is, Wade. This is how kind of tells you how which Wade gets doesn't really think that much of himself. Like he doesn't put himself way up there. I've never with, gotten that from Wade. No, ever. no, he's never been like that. He's very wholesome. What you see on camera with Wade, that's him. That is, it's not put on. He, he's a great, great guy. Uh, he comes into the station one day. Buddy Benzmiller was in there. Just finished up, and I'm shaking Buddy's hand. He's going out the door. Wade walks in. He's thinking it was first year in Brandon. And, you know, their big name in the WHL that time walks in, and he said, was that Buddy Benzmiller? I said, that was Buddy Benzmiller. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wade is just amazed at Buddy Benzmiller. I told Buddy that story, and he goes, I didn't know that I was that kid. I should have got his autograph. But, yeah, and um, it is. you're going to hear in this interview, Wade's back in hockey. Great to see Um with everything happening in the Senators, Eugene Melnick, you know, God bless him, uh, now since passed, but Eugene was not the easiest guy to get along with. And now with Eugene's passing, guys like Wade, Elfie, other guys are coming back into the Ottawa Senators organization. Great to see uh, Wade now part of the uh, hockey development for the Senators. Just before we get to Wade, it's 5-1 uh, to one for Washington. Yeah. It's a game the Blue Jays pretty much have to have. I mean, we've been saying this for how long now? How disappointed are you in a Blue Jays team that should not be fighting for the final wild card playoffs? Well, should be challenging. Yeah. Like it's so frustrating to me to look at how they lost to the Orioles and how the Orioles organization has surpassed the Blue Jays. Oh. And 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 I look at it, I go. How did this happen? The Blue Jays have pitching. The Orioles don't. No. But they just can't hit with runners in scoring position. And, and this would have been the season for the Jays because there's two teams that are usually in contention every year because they have the payroll to do it. Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees. They're not in contention. How long do you think the, but, how they, long do you think the Yankees are going to be down? No, no, they won't be. That's a thing. where you, you only have a small window when they're down. This was the opportunity for the Jays, and they squandered it. And... And, and I know people are talking about Shohei Otani, that there's yep. a chance he could come to Toronto. He's not coming to Toronto. No. He's going to the Dodgers. And I doubt he's staying in L.A. after what L.A., what the Angels did today. If you see what the Angels did today, they put half their team on waivers they, today. They, they filled up a bus and said, get out of here. Yeah. Like, uh, guys that they traded yeah. prospects for. Yeah. And they had a deep prospect pool. Yeah. They traded all these guys and brought in guys like Randall Gritchick, who they just put on waivers today. That's so, 
uh, you know, I'm glad the Jays aren't in that situation. But man, it is when you look at a yeah. team, and and I look at like David Schneider, and he didn't play after he scores the winning yeah, run in Baltimore. And I look at that, and I go like, and then they pull him for a pinch runner. Yeah. The other day when they haven't even like I don't know. So I don't know. Blue Kool Aid in the fridge, folks. Pour it out. It's going sour. We got Wade Redden for you here from the Canadian Brew House on the Tuesday Night Sports Show. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House of Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. It's harvest time, and once again, time to thank our dedicated Midwest farmers, their families, and their hardworking crews. Our Midwest farmers are the best in the world, and we want to deliver a fantastic meal to them right in the field to show our appreciation for the long hours, for supporting our communities, for feeding the world, and for all they do. Nominate your family. Nominate your neighbors. Nominate a hardworking crew. Nominate a farmer today by posting a great harvest photo on any of our sponsor Facebook pages. We'll treat four great farms to a delicious roast beef dinner with all the fixings. And just for nominating a farmer, you'll be entered to win one of two quarters of beef to fill your freezer this winter. And once again this year, we're proud to deliver Meals in the Fields in memory of Gary Malka. Meals in the Fields, very proudly brought to you by Diamond 7 Meats, Sobeys Lloydminster, Michael Agro, The Tent Guys, the Gary Melka Foundation, and the new Lloydminster Nissan. Welcome back to the Tuesday Night Sports Show Live from the Canadian Brew House. Joining us uh, via Zoom right now, good friend of the show, the pride and joy of Melon, Saskatchewan, Wade Redden, in his home in Kelowna. And before we talk hockey, Cologne is in the news, not for all the good reasons right now. You're dealing with uh, fires in that area. You're on the other side of the lake, uh, but West Kelowna. Uh, do you have some friends that are either lost a home or, or dealing with, uh, you know, evacuation? Yes, yeah, a lot of people I know evacuated, and then um, a few guys that, yeah, lost their home, actually. Some hockey buddies, Todd Simpson saved they their house is there. He actually lives right by Crosser, too, so they were – they were lucky. Yeah, no, and I forgot all about were, that. Were good, but Todd's brother, who's also a good buddy, and his parents both lost their home. So yeah, it's sad to see. I mean, that's devastating. You know, obviously the they got out and no one was hurt or or died or anything. But yeah, it's a big loss and a lot of crazy couple of weeks, I guess, is what you could. Yeah, they say if you go in the clubhouse of the Kelowna Golf and Country Club, you could probably put about two real good NHL teams together because that's how many NHL guys either retired or currently playing living in the Okanagan area. Yeah, well, yeah, I got a bunch of buddies. And that'll be starting up again, too. We get a skate on Thursday night, so everyone will see how good of summers they had. Who's I doubt anyone stayed in very good shape. It seems like it's on the decline every year. But, uh, yeah, a lot of guys around, so it's fun to, you know, either golf or skate or, yeah, just you got some buddies around. So, so you, you play pickup games. Like, who's who's part of that rec game that you guys play? Well, the guys I mentioned, and then we got Rennie Bork. He just – he's been done a few years now. And 
Brent Siebert's joined the group, Cody Franzen, Weber's out a bit, Mike Smith. Um, actually, there's quite a list of guys, but uh, then there's a lot of local guys that played some. Mike Ridley, he's a he's the elder statesman. He kind of been running the skate for a long time. He retired just sh shortly after I joined yeah. the NHL, so he's a little older. But there's some good mix of guys, and then uh, just some local characters that Lloyd knows. You know, there's guys like that everywhere. So it's just fun group of guys that uh, we get out and get a sweat, have a beer, and do her again next week. Anytime you have to tap a guy in the old shins and go, hey, settle down a bit. It's just a little playing for beer, right? <laughs> oh, it always heats up at some point. There's guys that we don't take it too serious. It's just like that's the thing with the, the beer leagues. I think I've stayed clear of those. I think some of those competitive, you get buddies with teams and stuff, and they're really trying to win where we get out and just looking for a good skate is more than anything, and no one's really taking it too serious. For yourself, still connected with the hockey, uh, still a little doing a little bit. Maybe tell the, the viewing audience what you're doing right now or yeah. this coming season. Yeah, it'll be my second year doing player development with Ottawa. I did that, um, as you know, with Nashville for a few years, which was uh, which was a great experience. And then now to be back in Ottawa is really, you know, it's been a lot of fun and exciting time, exciting team that they have there. And, uh, working with a few guys I played with, Sean Donovan and Jesse Winchester and um, but yeah, just working with the prospects, getting out on the road a bit during the winter and watching them in junior and college. And then, um, so I'll go to training camp. We got a rookie tournament in Buffalo mid-September. The new owner's coming in to, to kind of take things over, which is not completed 100% yet, but that's going to happen, you know, probably by the time I'm down there. So that's another exciting um crossroads for the team everyone you know the new guy taking over and a lot of excitement there okay with a new ownership and there was a lot of different names being passed out there names from hollywood they were going to be running the team but it's nice to know that you do have an owner that's in place and wants to keep the team there yeah yeah michael Anlar is uh i think knows the league very well i think kind of had a well he was part owner with montreal Canadiens, so he, he was kind of the front runner you know, right from day one, and sure enough, he ended up with the team. So I think he's uh, he's a good hockey guy. You know, the stuff I hear about him that he's he's had a lot of success in in business, but also with other teams that he's he's running. And running. Um, so I think I think it's yeah really exciting for for the fan base for the team to know you got a guy in there that wants to win that knows how to run a team and and be a leader of a team like that. Is there kind of pressure on the Senators this year, safe to say, because they made that, those strides, you know, they've become better. Uh, but making the playoffs has got to be the ultimate goal for them right now. 100%, yeah. Um, you know, like you said, they've had the last few years, especially last year, they've, they've come on. and But, like, uh, you just can't have any flat, you know, any two-week spells where you're, you know, give it away, like, I think the consistency to have a good start and it's basically nowadays it's playoffs all year long, like just to get into them. It's such a grind to, you know, it's going to come down. If you lose three games in a row in November, you know, that could be very well be the difference of your whole season. So it's just important to have that consistency. I think that's, that's one thing I think they really got to be is, um, you know, just have a good structure, be a team that plays hard every night and, 
if you do that and you have that same mentality going, you're not going to win obviously every night, but over the long haul, you'll have success. And I think that's where the team is. Their expectation is to get to the playoffs. You had a special weekend. You went up in Meadow Lake on the weekend, uh, visiting my old yeah. friends up in Meadow Lake Flying Dust area. Uh, the King brothers, Dwight and DJ, entered the Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, along with Jeff Friesen, a, a guy that you know very well, kind of grew up in the WHL ranks with him. But maybe yourself, being inducted into the Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame, how special was that for you? It was, yeah, very special. I mean, obviously, I saw the list of the names. Like, they've had the – I think they – they got the Hall of Fame in Saskatchewan. I think it's only been 10 years since they kind of got got it up and running. So you see the list of people that are on it, starting with Gordy Howe. I mean, he's obviously a Sasky guy, but just the, the pride that people in Saskatchewan have for hockey and the players that have come out of here are, uh, you know, you know it's, to be on that list and then be in the Hall is pretty pretty awesome feeling. And uh, going back to Meadow Lake and obviously growing up, playing against Jeff, who – who was from there and and that whole little area. I mean, the King boys, I got to meet them. So it was a real special time to go up there. And obviously they they had a fundraiser to to raise some funds for the rink that burned down. So it was a great night all around. It was a beautiful time and um, almost didn't make it back because the the uh, the fires, I had to kind of shuffle around some flights. I wanted to bring Danique and the girls back, but that didn't happen just because the travel was all kind of interrupted and her just didn't work out, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure glad I got back there. Ron Greshner, who was another guy inducted, who was, you know, before my time, but, uh, you know, got to meet him. And he was, you know, a real good guy to, as well. And actually another guy was the linesman, Mark Wheeler. I got oh, yes, to yeah. him, who yeah. I think he was like – 26 years at NHL linesman. So, um, yeah, it was a real cool night. Dad came up. Bart was there. Um, had some buddies from P Hill and uh, some guys I grew up playing with. So it was it was a lot of fun. Hey, did uh, Merv and Morgan Mann mention it? Did they got in the Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame before you did as a member well, of the 2001? Already, as, a, as, a two, as a member of the 2001 Allen Cup uh, champion, Border Kings, I we, know we got in. So they got they beat you, Wade. <laughs> well i remember i'm going and doing that in north battleford you guys are up there for that yeah. obviously yeah. champions get recognized so yeah the the old kings that that brought the allen cup home that uh deserved place in the uh in the hall uh let's talk about nhl back to that uh good friend of yours uh former ottawa senator teammate uh was a free agent and nobody really knew where he was going to go Eric Carlson ends up in Pittsburgh. A little long in the tooth, but he still can do And you look at his point totals last year in San Jose, and you add him with Malcolm, you add him with Sid, you add him with Latang. Is this one last little swing of the old speed bag for Pittsburgh right now? Yeah, oh, I, for sure. I mean, now is, the time is is dwindling. I think what's Crosby in his mid-30s, and you know those guys have been around a long time, but they've all had good seasons last year. You know, personally, I don't know. Um, obviously Carlson coming from a weak team, but he had over a hundred points. So it's going to be interesting. Like, yeah, if they get on a roll and get playing and get kind of things, uh, put together, they got the skill to, to do a lot of damage. So, um, we'll see, we'll see what they can do. Obviously they'll be, uh, they'll be fighting with, with some of those teams. It's, it's no one's head and shoulders above anyone. And, 
east or the west. So it's uh, it's up for grabs, and it all depends what what they can get done and come crunch time. The bar has now been set out of Toronto. Austin Matthews signs for four years, $53 million, highest paid player in the NHL. There's probably two guys at Edmonton going, ooh, that's interesting, uh, in Connor and Leon. How does that set the bar? And should other teams be, you know, a little bit cautious of exactly guys like Connor and Leon seeing that and they, they think they deserve just as much? Um, well, I guess, like you said, the market's set and guys get paid and it's always going to keep climbing. Like, I don't know where the limit's going to be. The cap goes up and it's kind of been at a, a bit of a stalemate as far as the cap growing with everything going on in the, in the world, in the industry. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that anyone's going to get more money than Connor McDavid. I guess you sign your contract and then you live with it for the time being, but he's obviously will be up here in a few years. I can't remember what he has left, but um, yeah, it's a trade-off though. Like, do you want to get the most money? I know a lot of guys, you know, they could sign for a little less and be in a position in a team that they have a better chance to win. So that's always a guys make different decisions based on their own personal feeling and how they want to operate. But uh, a lot of money up for grabs and those top players you know, deserve it and 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 get it. We're down to Calgary, of course. Went through a lot of changes in this offseason. The, the Jolly Rancher, Daryl Sutter's no longer in there. Uh, you've been through changes at the behind the bench through your your career. How much does sometimes you go from you know the demeanor that Sutter had in the dressing room and on the bench to a guy that's maybe more of a player coach? Does that change the pressure in that room completely? Um. It's funny, I've been listening to Spittin' Chicklets a little bit and stuff, and they just had Tyler Toffoli on there who had Daryl and, you know, as a rookie in L.A., and then he had him again later in his career. And, yeah, obviously Daryl's a guy that I think some people don't react well to. He's old school, I think, as a Western guy. And growing up, you know, in a generation before, you kind of maybe accustomed to some of his uh, antics or, or style, but... Uh, I actually, I mean, those guys, even Tortorella, who I have a lot of experience with, you know, from my time in New York, they're not easy guys, but I don't know. There's an element to, of that that that's good, too. It pushes guys. It gets them out of their comfort zone. And um, so I think there's got to be a balance. Like, I think I'm sure Daryl, would as, as grading as it can be on guys, I'm sure he's cooled his jets, you know, from 20 years ago when he was coaching. But um, certainly the, yeah, obviously a coach's personality and a, approach to how he does his business can affect the, uh, the, the team. I look at the guy coming in there now, uh, Ryan Huska, who's, you know, a guy I know if he coached in Kelowna here, I played junior against him and he's, he's a demanding guy, but he's also a very calm and poised guy and not near what Daryl is. So I, you know, hopefully they get the results they're looking for in, out of him because, um, it's such a competitive league. And like I said before, when we were talking about Ottawa and the difference from having success and not, it could be a, a two-week stretch in the season where, you know, things go awry. But, um, yeah, it's just – it's such a – no time to to take your foot off the gas once the first game starts and you got to go through all 82. So I think Ryan Husk is going to do a great job. He's got uh, – 
you know, there a lot of people picked that team to to win the West last year, and they, you know, just bombed. So um, who knows? Get on a roll, and good things will happen. And yeah, like I said, it's up for grabs. Any team can kind of, if you get on the doing some right, you know, the right things and and get some confidence, then good things happen. Lastly, um, we talk about coaches and coaching changes. How many eyes are going to be on Columbus? Um, Mike Pabcock's there. And Babs, I, I thought, a lot of people thought he, after he left Toronto, was at the U of S, there's no way he's coming back in the NHL. There's no way. And a lot of jobs came out open uh, and he wasn't even in the running for him. All of a sudden, he appears in Columbus. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's uh, Patrick Liney will be very interesting to say the least. But what, what's your, your take on um, and Babs and how much, with all that spotlight on him, he may change a little bit. Um. Yeah, obviously we were just talking about Daryl Sutter and uh, how he maybe evolved, but still kind of the same, right? So I don't know. Babcock, there's not going to be a huge drastic change in how he operates, I don't think. So whether, you know, some of those guys, they have a have success for a few years and can get, you know, different things out of players in the short term. But we'll see. I mean, uh Columbus has been a team that's kind of been, you know, they are, I guess, one thing last year, they had lots of injuries, so they kind of had a, you know, excuse that way. But they're a team that's kind of had a good lineup but haven't been able to really get over that hump. So I'm sure Yarmo Kekalainen is looking at Babcock as maybe, you know, taking one last uh, swing at it with him. And and I wouldn't be surprised if they, they have a good year, to be honest, but... Um, they might hate Bobcock by the end of it too, all the players. <laughs> oh, yes, very most likely. You know, Wade, thanks for coming on today. Uh, yeah. Get your golf clubs, hit the course, and say hi to all the NHL buds out there. All right, Bucky. Hey, great to catch up again. Look forward to see, seeing you again. There we go. There we go. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks to Wade Redden for joining uh, Greg Buchanan for a, a, a great conversation from a, just a just a wonderful guy. We're here yep. at the Canadian Brew House. Uh, Blue Jays are down five to two. David Schneider just missed another yeah. home run. Uh, by the way, he's already got one tonight. And uh, big day today in Lloydminster. The groundbreaking mm-hmm. for the new Synovus Energy Hub yep. was what happened today. I was there. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was uh, sitting next to uh, Otis Russell. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and they said we want to get um, this is this is Otis. He says they we go they get everybody around center ice, and they said we want to bring everybody back in two years, and uh, we'll have the same picture, everybody that was here. And Otis turns to me and says, "You'll be holding my urn." <laughs> yeah, you'll have my ashes. Yeah, brought Kurt. down the room. Otis, <laughs> why? Yeah, there you go. Otis Come on. Down the room. I want to thank Otis. He invited me to uh, the Bobcats Evening of Champions. Okay, yeah. When Gibby's coming to town. There boy, you go. How much am I looking forward to that? That'd you know, that's fun. a busy night. Brett Kissel's in town. Yeah, Brett Kissel's coming over. Yeah, John yeah. Shannon, who, who uh, well, we called him Grumpy because he snapped at you so often. Just get to when it. When we interviewed him on the Tuesday Night Sports Show. But that's going to be an interesting conversation. But with the groundbreaking breaking today and yeah. they're saying 2025 is official opening of the Synovus Energy Hub mm-hmm. is there anything Greg Buchanan oh. you have a history at the yeah. Centennial yeah. Civic Center with the with the Bobcats with the media, with the media. The, yeah, yeah. you know with all three teams yeah, really yeah. The Bandits, especially the Border Kings yeah, yeah. is there anything in that building 
maybe a piece uh, of something other than the banners because the banners will come yeah, over. banners will come along with but it. But is there anything in that building you'd say, boy, it would be nice if we had that yeah. over at the Sonovus Energy Hub. It's just a little piece of the Centennial Civic Center. See, they change things. So when we won Allen Cups uh, with the Border Kings, um, we were on in the self-dress room, so behind the penalty box. And the memories of that dress room and the championships we won and, and how close that organization, how close that team was. And, you know, and this is back in the day, you know, sorry to the city, but we're not allowed to drink beer in there. That was a funny movie. We had a pop machine full of beer. And after game, after practices, guys would sit there around there until like one or two in the morning. The rank attendants would come into our room and say, turn off the lights when you guys are done. You know, and we did that all season so long. So you want that pop machine? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the door. And the other thing is, as a working member of the media, and of course they got it tore down since, but remember when the press box used to hang from the rafters? Yep, yep. You used to walk across a plank? Yep. And, and I sat there and watched the Canadian Cowboys Association finals sitting there on my little black and white TV and watching the World Series and the Jays win it and, uh, and Joe Carter hitting that home run. I sat there watching bull riding when Joe hit the home run. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember that night because we yeah. went to the dance afterwards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 it was a huge party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those are, you know, there's some great memories of that, right? People complain about it, but... Uh, but the Bobcats, yeah. uh, the, uh, but... You know, a championship was never won there. No, no, no. Uh, for the Border Kings. No, and no, never won it on the road all the time. Yeah, 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 always won it on the road. I was the guy, I had to tell Bucky this, because he didn't remember, because he was such an arrogant son of a, <laughs> when he was on TV. But I was the guy, I just kind of started there. Yeah. And so I was on on evenings, and Bucky would call back reports. And I would re record these reports and announce what was happening. And I remember it was me who announced the that Allen the Border Kings had won the Allen, yeah. the Allen Cup. So I said that, Buck, I was the guy. He goes, oh, really, were you? I'm surprised you don't remember that because <laughs> you were such an arrogant son of a... Back in the what back happened? of your TV days, where, where you did walk, it go I walked by this guy in the hallways. He wouldn't even say hello because no, I, I was radio. And he was here's TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Greg Buchanan. Well, he came up to me and I said, "Oh, you want an autograph? Here we go, kid." <laughs> and then he autog and, and now I have so many autograph fries boxes. <laughs> when is your next autograph signing at? Okay, I wanted Frog Lake, uh, one of the concession at Poundmaker. I think it's pr probably at the concession at our home opener for the Onion Lake Junior B Border Chiefs. So, yeah, come out and I'll, I'll sign a, a Bannock wrapper for you. There you go. Tuesday Night Sports Show, we're going to wrap it up. But remember, it's Taco Bow Tuesday here at the Canadian Brew House. You can come down for 349 tacos. Also, Jose Cuervo on special. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and uh, of course, some cold Corona as well. Canadian Brew House will be back here in September. We're already lineup guests. One of them will be Michael Ball because Ballsy's car, car broke down today. Ballsy, and he missed. buy a Nissan. Buy a Nissan, Ballsy. <laughs> we're going to sell him a car next time we have him on in September. And hopefully, there's lots to talk about with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Thanks for joining us.